Hey friends, it's Kara Kay, and this is the Asking for a Friend podcast, a show for the woman who has questions about herself, the church, and the world. We are all asking tough questions that affect us as women in the culture that surrounds us, and we are looking for a safe space to ask them. But don't worry, I know you're only asking for a friend. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Asking for a Friend. I'm so excited you guys are here this week. I have a great topic for you today. We are going to be answering the question, how can I improve my prayer life? Now, this is something I feel like a lot of times we don't want to admit maybe that it's a struggle for us, but I'm just going to say it that I struggle with this. So I'm really excited to have Crystal Hirsch joining me today to chat about this. Now, Crystal is releasing a new book um, called The 28-Day Prayer Journey, and I have gone through this, and it has been a huge help for me, and I know it will be for you too. And Crystal's just going to have so much encouragement for us as we walk into healthier prayer lives. So if you don't know Crystal, she is a very gifted writer, speaker, worship leader. I just adore her and the work she's doing, and I know you guys are going to love her as well. Now, before we get into the conversation today, I just want to encourage you guys, if you could, go leave a review for the podcast. This really helps um, everything with podcasting. I know you hear me talk about it all the time, but I would really love it if you could just open that up real quick while you're listening and give a quick review. That would be amazing. And as always, I'd love if you would share an episode of the show, something you've loved, a question that's really impacted you, share it with a friend so more people can join us. All right, so let's get into today's conversation about how can I improve my prayer life. So did you see a huge shift in your prayer life as you started on that journey? And how did that accountability help? Well, the shift was that when you know, and I know that you know this, when you make praying without ceasing a practice, mm-hmm. it shifts the way you feel connected to God. That You just can't yeah. help but feel more connected to anybody who you talk to a lot, you know, it's like dating. And when you, when you're dating and you're a teenager or you're, you know, in your early twenties and you talk to that person nonstop late into the night, you Mm -hmm. know, it's just like, you can't get enough of that person. And because you are investing in that relationship, that relationship grows and your heart is invested in it. And you know where your treasure is. And one of the treasures that we have is time there. Your heart is also. So when you invest in talking to God by giving him time and praying to him and listening in your prayer for him to speak to you through his word and even through the Holy Spirit as he works in your heart in silence, your relationship grows because you're dedicating your heart and your mind, your head uh, and your hands as you clasp them together in prayer, if that's what you do, to dedicating it to growing in your relationship with God. So the biggest change for me was just feeling closer to him because I was investing in the relationship. Yeah. I love what you said about time. I have a lot of kids. I know you have a lot of kids. We're both (laughs) authors. We're busy, always going, going, going. What does that look like? How practically can you make the time or is it really just more of a mindset shift? What did that look like for you? Well, it's, it's not so much about making the time in the traditional get on your knees, clasp mm-hmm. your hands and have solitude for 30 minutes so that you right. can pray effectively. This is a learning to pray without ceasing, meaning if you're going to pray nonstop, that means you have to pray while you're living your life. You know, right. it means that at any moment when I need to call out, when I need to, when I'm happy, so there's gratitude, when I'm sad, so there are requests, when I've done something wrong, so there's the need to repent. 
uh, that at any time that I need to remind myself and let God know that I'm willing to live yielded to him. Anytime yes. is a good time to say any of those things. So while I'm washing dishes and maybe my husband said or did something that really struck me the wrong way. And when I want to rip his head off with my mouth, <laughs> that in that moment that I can choose instead to say, Lord, help me, help me to keep my mouth closed. Right. You see what's happening. You know how this is affecting me. Show me my part in this. Forgive me for maybe stirring things up. But Lord, can you please touch my husband's heart? This is what happens when there's a financial need and you mm -hmm. sat down and while you're working on the budget, you see that the numbers don't add up. And if you're in Excel and your negative numbers are red, there's a lot of red in that moment without you getting on your knees. You simply mm -hmm. say, God, you know, these numbers don't add up. Please give me your mind for my finances. Show me how to cut. Show me how to add, um, increase my ability to make wealth or open my eyes to how I need to shrink my spending. But God, please help me. But in the moment where, you know, you're, um, you have a circumstance where there's a prayer request that's been answered and you, you realize that something that you may not have even said aloud, God saw the desire of your heart and he granted it that you can say in that moment, God, thank you so much for, for seeing me and hearing me and Holy spirit for taking my request. Even when I didn't have words to God, the father, thank you so much for answering this. And I pray praise you because you are sovereign and your providential will is at work in my life. Like those are breath prayers. Yes. This is not the on your knees, you know, liturgical and it can be, mm -hmm. but this is also, man, if I live with my husband all day and you know, we, of course we live together, but in COVID-19, we live together. <laughs> really right? live together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is a mentioning as you go. This is yeah. a, I catch him and we're passing each other in the hallway. And mm -hmm. as we pass each other in the hallway, oh, hey, there's something I forgot to tell you. So-and-so call today. I don't have to wait until we have a formal meeting or our, our, right. our date night on Friday. This is a, we're both getting our coffee or our tea in the morning. And I say, what's going on with your day? And he says, what's going on with mine? It is an yeah. as-you-go relational communication that says, since God is always there and ready and able to listen, that any time is a good time to talk to him. I heard um, a similar analogy once from someone who was talking, relating prayer to marriage in that way where you are, as husband and wife, you're constantly intertwined. You're always communicating. Um, and she said, you know, when you get off track and you begin to lose that communication, it's like two ships passing in the night where you, yep. you're constantly passing one another, but you're not having... You're, you're just losing that open communication. And I thought that, I, I just think that's such a beautiful picture because sometimes we need to practically see what that looks like. And we can go through our whole day sometimes and forget, wow, I didn't reach out to God in any way about any of these things. I tried to manage it all on my own mm -hmm. and, and we can't, we can't do it on our own. Mm -hmm. Um, let's talk about why prayer sometimes feels really daunting or unattainable. What do you think the issue is there? Well, I think that we've made it a thing that we see at church. Yes. <laughs> I yes. think that we've made it a thing that super spiritual people do. I think we've mm -hmm. made it a thing that people with the right words can do. Right. I think that we've made it a thing that if I don't know God really well, or if I don't know the Bible really well, then maybe I don't know what to say. And I think yes. that we have to say, God, no, he, first of all, I just believe that a lot of the prayers we pray are just wrong. And God just uh -huh. interprets them and says, I know what she really means. I, I mean, get, I get you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I get what you're saying. I mean, and isn't that what a good friend does? Mm. You say it and you say, okay, I'm probably not saying this the right way. And they say, girl, I know what you mean. Yeah. I feel like yeah. God, we're not giving him enough credit. 
We're, right. we're saying that if I don't come with all of my I's dotted and my T's crossed, that he is not powerful enough to be a good friend to me, to know wow. what I mean, to interpret the desires of my heart, to be patient with me and long suffering because he knows because he's the good shepherd that I'm just like a sheep, you know, and and think about yeah. this. You know, sheep are really dumb creatures and they need a shepherd to keep corralling them and keep bringing them back in the fold to find them when they're lost. Mm-hmm. And really, the, the shepherding of sheep has nothing to do with the sheep knowing how to be good sheep. It has everything to do with the shepherd knowing how to be a good shepherd. And right. so even when they forget that he's good and they wander off or when they forget, this is where my last meal came from. So why do I doubt that he's going to give me another one? Or when they're in danger of being preyed upon by wolves, it's the good shepherd that says, oh, let me bring you back. Let me bring you back. And I think we have to trust that God did not send his own son to die on the cross, a very horrific death. And then is going to say to us now, even though I gave my son in a very, very deep way for your salvation. Now I got to make sure you can pray right before I'll talk Mm -hmm. to you. I think he's already proven that he wants to be a good shepherd and is willing to go out of his way to make sure that when we don't even know we need him, that he's there. So why would our prayer to him and with him and for what we need and for him be any different? I think he's willing to meet us where we are. Oh, so true. I love how so often the Bible relates to having faith like a child. Mm-hmm. And I, I always laugh, you know, at my kids' prayers at the end of the night. My kids are, t- I have four kids, 10 and under. And so their prayers are so sweet and innocent. My four-year-old son, you know, he'll pray for Black Panther. And my (laughs) seven-year-old daughter will pray that, you know, please let mommy be nice tomorrow and let me have a friend over. You know, it's like they kind (laughs) of slip in those little nonchalant nudges to me. But it's it always reminds me just the innocence of their prayers and that they're like, they're just talking to God as if they're talking to me or talking to a friend. And Mm. I love how you said that, that God doesn't need us to say it perfectly. He can decipher it. And just like the kids are saying, God, thank you for Black Panther. He's awesome. It's just us saying, God, these are the things I care about. Thank you for giving me the things that bring me joy and the things that I can delight in, whether it's Black Panther or whatever it is. But I I love just looking at prayer through the lens of, of my children and being able to see God in that and the way that he's working in me. What are some ways that being a mom and, and growing, you have how many boys? So there are five kids. The two girls are grown and the boys at home are 17, okay. 15 and 11. That's right. I mean, I have one boy. I cannot even imagine. I always love seeing your <laughs> posts with your boys. Cause it's like, whoo, boys are just, they're a joy and they can just destroy you in an instant from how- <laughs> just I love that. crazy Destroy they you. are. <laughs> so what has parenting taught you about <laughs> prayer? Oh my goodness. Well, if parenting doesn't drive you to your knees or cause you to call uh, out in the middle of washing dishes, I don't know what does. Uh, I that think that if nothing else, you know, you can't control your kids. And if right. God, uh, I mean, you can, you can train them. You can, uh, you can do behavior modification. Uh-huh. You can threaten them. I mean, you can do a lot of things. You can, you know, love on them. You can have fun on them. But at the end of the day, they are human beings with free will. And God gave Adam and Eve, even as he, the perfect parent, gave Adam and Eve free will. And they screwed things up. I just am like, you know what? No matter what I do, there are some things I simply cannot control with my kids. And control is, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, 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 it's an imaginatory thing. (laughs) 
Because <laughs> yes. we don't have it. And then when we start to realize we don't have it, we freak out when we really never had it to begin with. Right. And so prayer has become my one and only way to actually do business with God with my children, especially oh. as they get older. Yes. You know, when they're 17 and then you're looking at them thinking, oh my God, how's this going to turn out? And, <laughs> I, and, I, and I realize, you know, as a parent that, you know, between 15 and 25, there are a lot of times when you're going to wonder, especially when those kids are in that age where they think they know everything, but their frontal lobe isn't fully developed. Right. You're going to look at them and say, man, they are totally going to screw up their whole lives. Every now and then you get one that, you know, you're like, oh, thank God. You know, there's one that seems to have there. But, you know, there's this season. And if no other time than in that season, what I have learned is that if God was a perfect parent and his kids messed up, I'm not the perfect parent. My kids are probably going to mess up. And the best thing that I can do for them after teaching them and training them, guiding them and modeling for them when it's not in my control, because it really never is to pray for them because God sees all and he actually knows them better than I do. And he knows the person or the teacher or the engagement or the situation that needs to run smack dab into them so that he can teach them. My job, I always tell my kids is to give you everything I have so that God has something to work with so that you're willing to listen so that that you're open to his in- encouragement and improvement in your life. But I tell the Lord, man, if you could have given me a manual for each of this ki- these kids, I sure would have appreciated it. And I'm convinced. Yeah, that would have been nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm convinced that he doesn't because it keeps us on our knees. Yeah. If I believe that God knows my kids and that he knows where they've been and where they're going and that I really have not, nor will I ever have control, it brings me to my knees or brings me to call out to him and say, do you see, do you see that there's a problem for this kid I can't fix? Do you see that they're being bullied? Do you see that this is happening? Do you see that they're struggling in school? Do you see that they're having an issue with their father or their, you know, their other parent? Do you see that there's sibling rivalry and I don't know how to fix it? Do you see that they're questioning who, who you are and how could you allow bad things to happen? Help me to parent them. So really God is parenting me as I'm parenting my kids. I always tell my kids, I listen, I'm not, I may not even be smarter than you. I just have more time on you. And yeah. the only reason why God has allowed me in the flesh to be your parent in the spiritual, I'm your sister. I'm your, you know, my, your dad, mm-hmm. when we get to heaven, he's your brother. I'm your sister. So basically I'm the big sister. And on this earth, that's called mom, because you came from me. Yeah. I have 30 years on you and you can learn the truth that I'm speaking because I'm telling you and you can learn it the hard way because you do everything opposite and you figure out that I was right. Or you can believe me because God has put me in a position with you to give you guidance and direction. But once I've done all those things and said all those things and trust me, I'm a, I've learned some tips and tricks with parenting of how to say some certain things and get them to think twice about what they do and all that. Right. I have no control. And the best thing that I can do is to get on my knees and say, God, listen, I've done everything you've given me in my hands to do. Now I need you to show me how to parent them through this situation or this circumstance or based on their personality. And then I need you to fix it. I need you to have a parent, another parent or a friend or a teacher reinforce what I was saying. Don't hurt them. Don't kill them, Lord. But listen, (laughs) if you have to teach them a lesson, go right ahead. It's giving permission for uh, God to show you how to parent and then giving God permission that if it doesn't involve you, that he gets to parent. Oh, yes, that is good. I learned my, my youngest is adopted and I learned so much through that journey of about control Mm-hmm. And that was huge for me just to learn, wow, I am not in control of this situation. I, you know, I, I, there's something about biologically growing a child in your body that you feel like you're in control of the situation, but really you're not. I mean, it's not like we know how to do that. We don't know how to grow a child inside of us. And so there was something about adopting my son that 
reminded me how much God is in control and how much I am not. And Mm -hmm. it taught me so much about the importance of praying through those things and giving them back to him. And it just, it was stretching for me for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Is this something that you have always been passionate about? Or has this been a, a lifelong journey for you of figuring out that open communication with God? Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I think that <laughs> the thing is, is I'm like, I hope people don't see this book and go, oh, she's a prayer warrior. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to buy this book and about. emulate her yeah. because she's a prayer. No, here's what I am. <laughs> I'm a girl that has needed God so badly to teach me, to guide me, to direct me, not because I didn't know the Bible, not because I wasn't raised in a great Christian home, but because I needed him to give me specific instruction, specific guidance, specific healing. And because I I have a pattern of coming to him when I need something. And Mm -hmm. I was like, that's not the way for me to have a relationship with God. I need to come to him because he's God and he's, uh, he's ever present and ever available wanting to hear from me, from me. And I want to come to him grateful for who he is. Sorry for what I've done, asking for what I need and responsive to his guidance and direction. So I'm willing to surrender. Like that's the kind of relationship I want to have. And I don't. So the reason why there's a book is because I was like, I got to do something to do a better job of talking to the God of the universe Mm -hmm. who's made himself available to me and stop using him like a 911 call. So if anything, I'm the total opposite of a prayer warrior (laughs) who said, you know what? I was working on my prayer life with God. And if it helps you to see my journey and to work on your prayer life too, then here you go. I love that. I think it, it makes it so much more relatable when you're coming from a place of I'm in this with you. I have no idea what I'm doing either, but let's figure this out together. So I love that. Talk to me a little bit about journaling and writing down prayers. How does that practice help grow and improve a a prayer life? So I think the thing is, is writing things down is just powerful, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think people know that you can have goals, but when you write them down, something something gets cemented in your brain. It is scientifically proven. If 30 kids sit in a college classroom and half of them take notes on their computer and the other half write their, uh, their notes, when you remove the notes from everybody's desks and give them a test 15 minutes after the lesson, the kids who wrote things down did better. It is proven that not only writing goals, but writing um, notes, but also being able to, to cement things in your head because I wrote it down. It it adds a layer of memory for you. Uh, I think that writing things down, whether you're a journaler or not, I think making a note, you know, new house, prayed for new house, you know, October of 2018, that in October of 2021, when God grants your desire to have a home that fits your family, and then later you're going back and you're browsing through your old prayer request, you go, oh, look, he answered. (laughs) One of the problems with us as a people, as a human race, we see this in the Israelites, is we forget. So Mm. writing things Mm -hmm. down helps us to see where God has brought us from. So not only it helps us to not, you know, it helps us to be grateful because we remember what he's done, but it also helps us to build our faith. Oh, look, these are the things I, I forgot I prayed about those things. So then the new things that you're praying for, it's like, oh, wait. I serve a God who has answered my prayers and I forgot that he did. So now I can go into these current prayer requests with more confidence. Um, So I put journaling pages in the book to make it easy for people. If you're a journaler so that you would have enough room. But I also want to say if you're not a journaler, journaler, I just think there's power in making notes 
You don't have to journal yes. all the way. But if you just say, you know what, this was this was the phrase that will remind me about what I was praying for today or what was a concern for me today or what I was glad about today. Um, you know, people are keeping these gratitude journals and it's just they're just lists. You know, they don't have to be yeah. like major, major writing. And people that just just not even that know Jesus are saying when I started writing down what I'm grateful for, it changes my whole perspective about my life. And I want to say that that's nothing that's nothing new. Habakkuk 2, 2 says, write the vision, you know, and make it plain. So while the yeah. power of life and death is in the tongue and prayer helps you to speak truth as you talk to God, writing things down just adds another layer of commitment to what you're praying for, of memory of what you've prayed mm -hmm. for and how God answers. And for those who feel intimidated by journaling, don't just list it out and give yourself a record to check because the very least we want our records. We want our birth records, our marriage records, our yeah. death certificates, because they help us to know that something happened. And that's what writing things down does for prayer. It helps you to know when something happens. And if you want to take it the next mile to journal, then you're, you're more than welcome to, but at a minimum, just don't forget, don't release the record of your life through prayer. What about for the woman who's feeling like, well, I don't feel like God's answering my prayers. Mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. you know, or she feels like she keeps getting a no and gets discouraged. What would you say to her? How would you encourage her? Romans eight twenty eight, God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him. At the core of it, you have to trust him. When you're yes. a parent and you have children, they don't like everything you say and they don't understand everything you say, yes or no. And guess right. what? They're not supposed to. They don't have your perspective. My children will not have my perspective until they have my perspective. So I have the beauty of having a 28, almost 29 mm -hmm. year old daughter. She's married. She's got two kids. And now she understands. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She just shakes her head and she's like, Oh, I had no idea. The beautiful yep. thing that I know now is that I have that older child to tell my younger children who are still at home who hate to write boys hate my boys hate to write. Mm -hmm. She says to them, you need to understand when mom was homeschooling me, I hated to write too. She used to make me uh, write the paper, uh, enforce the deadline. And then after the deadline, and after I got a B or a C, she'd come back and make me rework my paper until it was an A because she would say, I sound like a tiger mom, but I'm not. Because she, would, <laughs> because she would say, you know what? I want you to know what an A paper is. I hated it. I told her, I'm not a writer. You're trying to make me a writer like you. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm not an A student. I mean, we used to have knockdown drag outs over this. And then she went to college and called me and said, mom, nobody else here in my class knows how to write a paper. Thank you for teaching me. And now wow. she tells my sons, you know what? I can't help you. You need to listen to what she's telling you because she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> and isn't that what somebody further along in the faith does they mm -hmm. come alongside somebody who's learning a hard lesson and they say listen I've been walking with God a long time let me give you some perspective on the hard thing and they say listen God can be trusted and yeah. it sounds like spiritual speak where we go you know just trust in God just trust, and yeah. wait in the Lord but the spiritual speak has teeth when you understand that he has a perception or rather a perspective that's different than yours and you're waiting maybe because there's a yes that needs to rise to the right opportunity and conjunction in your life maybe the waiting you'll realize that later on oh my gosh thank you lord that wasn't the man i was supposed to marry that mm -hmm. wasn't the job i was supposed to take that wasn't uh, and, and and i want you to know that when i talk about god saying no and god waiting i don't want to sound spiritual either you know my yeah. mom passed away in december we prayed hard for her for a year we did right. all the things everything traditional everything alternative. I mean, every door we, we found another route. And, yeah. and if it, if it, if we, if I looked at that, I could say right now, God is unfair. 
And, yeah. and, and I would be lying if I didn't say that I haven't said that to him. What, oh, in the, sure. what possible good came out of that? I mean, she wasn't 90 years old, ready to mm-hmm. see the Lord. My 97-year-old grandmother wanted to go. She kept saying, I don't know why God is taking so long to come get me. I'm ready mm-hmm. to go. My mother was not in that situation. She yeah. very much wanted to live. So I'm like, God, what? Now, what was the point of that? So right. I want you to know that when I say, you know, God answers prayer, it's not, and you know, wait on the Lord. And I'm not saying that from the perspective of somebody who's saying it sweetly. I'm saying it from the perspective of somebody that very much so, even in the right now, has to say, I don't even know what you're doing, but I yeah. still have the decision to choose to trust. And it boils down to that. If you can say, you know what, like a kid, I don't know why my dad or mom are saying no. I don't know why that they don't, they're not, they're not talking back to me. I don't why that this doesn't make sense. But I know, I choose to believe that they love me. And when I look at the other sacrifices that they've made in my life, there's enough proof in the pudding for me to say, I don't understand this, but there's enough else for me to say, gosh, I don't know why, but I'm going to trust him. Yes. You, either, you either believe God sent his son to die on the cross for your sins. And that was a humongous sacrifice for Jesus, the son of God to make. And if he would go to that length, then he would probably give me anything that is good for me and that is glorifying for him. So if he's saying no, I'm just going to have to go back on some other yeses, which is why writing prayer requests down and answers matters. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have to go back to the ultimate yes he gave me that while I was yet a sinner, he died and made room for me in heaven. So a father who's willing to go to that length, I'm just going to have to choose to trust him. I can cry and have questions and trust. I can be angry and and even shake my fist at God and choose to believe that he can handle that. I can trust. I can I can even wonder out loud and look for resources like this or podcast or preachers to help me to understand why my mother died or why my my child died or why I lost my job or why my house burned down or all these horrible things that make us go why God. But at the end of the day, like I tell my kids, you can say anything you want to me as long as you remember who you're talking to. Mm. Uh, you, you can you can you can ask me questions. You can be frustrated. You can cry, but never forget I'm not your friend. I'm your mother. Be respectful. Yeah. Come to me humbly with thanksgiving or you know with gratitude for what I have done. But I can handle your questions. I may not be able yeah. to always give you an answer, but I can handle it. And I think we have to give people the freedom to say, I don't get it. I am upset. I, I, I'm, I got questions like nobody's business, mm-hmm. but I'm still coming. And that's the, that's the rub. Prayer is there. Happy, sad, questioning, upset, uh, glorifying in God's good measure in your life. Keep coming. I will say watching your family over the last few years has been a huge encouragement because I have gone through hard things and questioned God and, and, you know, just that angry crying out to God, why do you let these things happen? And, and watching people of the faith who like you and your family who have said, we have gone through some of the hardest things possible and we're here standing strong and still trusting God through it. I I can't tell you how much that encourages other people who are questioning why God, you know, chooses to take people when it's to us, it makes no sense. Like it shouldn't be their time. This, this isn't fair. And when we're crying out to God in that just anger and frustration, I think it's so good and healthy to see that that's okay. But at the end of the day, he stays our true North. We trust him because of who he is. Yeah. Well, you know, I have a friend, Michelle Cachette. She was on my podcast. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about the same principle. And I, I know it, but I never thought of it this way. She said, but do you think it was fair for Jesus? Huh. Yeah. 
He said, I don't like this. I don't Father. like this. Yeah. I'm, I'm bleeding. I'm, I'm, Please I'm bleeding take this sweat. Away. Can we do this another way? Yeah. Can you give me a way out? And was it fair for him? So sometimes it's, it's not fair. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but I want to say that even Jesus came in prayer. <laughs> That's right. That so how so much more true. can we? Absolutely. I want to ask you to share a, a resource that has helped you rethink the world around you. It can be on this topic of prayer. It can be anything, maybe something you've read recently or listened to or watched that's helped you kind of reframe your thinking about the world. Um, you know what? I will. I'm, I'm sitting here looking up from my, my computer and my podcast mm-hmm. mic and a stack of books that's sitting, <laughs> on, that's sitting on my desk and trying to think, you know, what would be the best um, resource? I, you know, if I can give you two, sure. Uh, Michelle Kashat, um, because her life has been so hard, cancer three times, and one of the cancer b- battles, her her father was also battling cancer. He passed away. I mean, hard thing after hard thing after hard thing. So when it comes to suffering and still being right. connected to God, I just believe anything she says. <laughs> <laughs> um, and her latest book is called Relentless, and it's this idea of God pursuing us in the hardest places and staying faithful to respond when he's when he is. Is relentlessly pursuing us. So that would be one. The second thing, totally off this off this topic, but related when you talk about your consistency of habitual prayer. And that uh-huh. is a book called Habit by Charles Duhigg. And he just, whether you're talking about productivity or consistency in prayer, it is this idea that you, if you understand how you make rhythms in your life and mm-hmm. habits in your life, you can make habits for anything. Yeah. And so while prayer is what we're talking about today, I think so many things that people struggle with um, is simply that you haven't built a rhythm where every time you do it, it takes energy. And once it becomes a habit and a rhythm and a routine, you don't even have to think about it anymore. And that's yeah. what I wanted 28 days of uh, prayer, you know, this 28 day prayer journey mm-hmm. to be that after showing up every day for prayer and talking to God as you pray without ceasing, that it develops this habit. So then it doesn't seem like so much work anymore. I don't have to remember right. to pray. It's just, I talk to God all day, every day. It's just the way I live. So those would be the two resources so that you keep coming to God when it's hard and so that you you have another scientific even approach to developing a good habit and prayer I think is simply a good habit. Oh, I love that. I'm putting adding that to my book list right now. Um okay, last question, something fun. What is something that has brought you joy this week? <laughs> this can um, be anything. <laughs> yeah, something um uh, you know what? Um this is so dumb. <laughs> I love I love it. <laughs> this is so dumb. So, when I do things on TV and I don't one of the reasons why I have a podcast is because I don't want to do video. I don't want to have to yeah, look a certain way all exactly. the time. Exactly. I'm in my workout clothes right exactly. now. Exactly. I'm still in my pajamas. I mean, it's wonderful. <laughs> and so the the you know, but with the with the onslaught of COVID nineteen and with the mm-hmm. role that I have at my church, we've gone to online services. So sometimes I'm doing the announcements, which means I have to. So anyway, I was rushing yesterday to get to the church to do the announcements for for this week's um, broadcast, and I took my makeup bag. And so one of the things that I don't like, I don't like makeup. Um, but I, you know, I do a little bit of it when I have to be in person on camera. And one of the things that I really struggled with was eyelashes. I mean, one time I I struggle with this too. Yeah. I put the glue in my eyes one time. I forgot that it was supposed to go on the lash. I thought I was going to go blind. Oh yeah. So yesterday I'm in the bathroom at the church, putting on my, putting on my makeup, put on my eyelashes. And I thought, Oh. I think I got it. Like those went on pretty easy. I think I figured yes. it out. So I had this moment of joy that I can actually be girly without it being stressful. And then I can put oh, on my eyelashes awesome. without going blind. Super simple, but fun. That's amazing. Okay. I, I'm going to need to like watch some YouTube channels or something because I still am yet to get them right. 
I've got a drawer full of eyelashes because I'm like, I'm going to find some at some point that are going to work. <laughs> Just doesn't work. Well, thank you so much. Um, will you really quickly tell everybody where they can find you, where they can um, order your new book? Yes, yes. You can find me at crystalevanshurst.com. And the best way to keep up with all of the things that I'm doing is right below my picture on that page to sign up for my email list because then podcasts, social media, videos, books, membership stuff. I mean, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. That's the best way. I can be found on social media anywhere at Crystal Hurst, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. And then if you specifically want to know about this book and you just want to go straight there, go crystal, go to crystalevanshurst.com forward slash pray. Well, thank you so much, Crystal, for joining me today. Uh, Guys, I don't know about you, but I feel really encouraged to walk away today and say, okay, I can improve my prayer life. This isn't This isn't crazy. There's not some special formula. It's really about the whole idea of praying without ceasing. And I love how she said that, that if we're going to pray nonstop, we have to have these open conversations with God and we don't just have to go to him in times that we have like a board meeting with him. And so I love this idea and I love this practice. And I encourage you guys to check out her book and implement this practice into your life as well. I just want to remind you guys really quick that you can follow me on social media for daily encouragement, updates, things about the show. Um, I am at karak.james on all social platforms. And finally, keep asking questions for a friend. <laughs>